Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Hello and welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. This is the Amazing Truth Minute. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. The Amazing Truth Minute today comes from the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. And it reads, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. You see, empathy is a characteristic that helps relationships thrive. When we sense that someone has compassion for our suffering, it builds trust and intimacy. On the other hand, if we suspect someone has no desire to show us empathy, there's a good chance we will withdraw. The writer of Hebrews pointed out that Jesus, our high priest, can empathize with us in every situation because he was tempted in every way regarding uh, during his time on earth. Yet he did not sin. Regardless of the reason for our struggles, Jesus understands our situation. There is no reason to avoid him or isolate ourselves for fear of being shunned. The scriptures invite us to approach Jesus in prayer and share exactly how we are feeling. We don't have to hold back or filter what we say because God's people have permission to be transparent with him in prayer. Jesus both understands our weaknesses and serves as our source of strength to overcome them. And that is the Amazing Truth Minute. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Amazing, amazing, amazing truth is back, Ken. We're back. Uh, man, I feel like uh, it's been ages. I missed you, man. I missed you too, Ezra. I, uh, I missed, uh, you know, I, I missed the sound of that jingle. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back. It's feels good, good to be back. Feels good, man. But you know who I missed most? What did you miss? The man? audience. The o- oh, yeah, yeah. I missed the audience, man. You and know, thank my, you for keeping my, us my phone. My, my, my phone <laughs> has been quiet. And the email has been uh, quiet. But, but I've gotten some here, there. Where are you guys? What's going on? What's yeah. happening? Uh, but... um. We had to take a break after a heavy oh, season one, and it was, it was, it was heavy, man. Kenan, what, what, what was his, what was Oof. the last season all about? Last season we talked about a myriad of issues. We started, oh, we started with, um, we started with amazing women. Uh-huh. Yeah, our wives uh-huh. graced the podcast. Yep, that was season two. We talked about uh, endometriosis. We talked, we talked about still, but just uh, women issues yep. and what they go through. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then we built up on that. We started uh, talking about. Chemical dependency, chemical dependency mental health, and that was Ooh. oh, a run of man, how many episodes? Listen, About man. six. I, I don't know how many episodes there were, but we had some real yeah. candid, yes, uh, you know, amazing, strong people who just man, just just 
It's blessed us, man. They blessed us. They blessed us. So, yeah. I I think it was a deserved break after that. We needed that. We needed that. We needed that one. You know, people want to say. I'm tired of seeing your face. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a nice way of saying you miss me, man. (laughs) 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 You know. Uh, But, but guys, we are back. We are back in the studio. Uh, Better, much, much, much energized. Looking forward to, I mean, this new season. Uh, We've titled this season, Power. purpose-driven life, right? Yes. You know, one of the things when you go back to last season is, especially when you talked about mental health and we talked about chemical dependency, uh, one of the things that kept on coming coming up was identity crisis. Like, you know, especially in that formative stages, people are finding themselves, you know, trying to find, am I African? Am I American? Am I religious? Am I this? And in the midst of that, you know, they developed unhealthy coping mechanisms and later on in the stages of their lives, you see how that impacts and affects them right yep. so i think this season where we're coming back to say now let's find that purpose in mm. advance yeah. right yeah. if you're two years you're five years you know there's a reason why you exist you're not here by accident so by you finding your purpose then identity doesn't become a crisis and you're able to say no that's not my calling that's not my purpose that's not why i exist that's not why i should be doing that and so uh, uh the journey through discovering and finding yourself so purpose driven life we have some exciting guests yes, man yes some exciting guests lined up right uh kenan I, I there's one guest actually who who I'm looking forward to. I mean, we we have amazing guests, but there's one who's gonna talk about debt and clearing the debt. <laughs> is that, you know, it's the last time we talked about uh, our physical, physical health. health. And that, that hit us. Now you're bringing debt. <laughs> you know, as you all know, yes. in case you're catching up for the first time, Kenan has a struggle physical going for physical checkup, <laughs> but this year we are holding him down to make Ezra, sure that he goes for Ezra, that. Ezra, please. Uh, yeah, uh, find, I, find your purpose in life I'm and say you have a struggle. <laughs> have the struggle as well. <laughs> we do have a struggle yes, as man. men. <laughs> and we're calling out men there. Do so, not wait until it's too late. Uh, you know, and I think uh, that that's anchored on again one of our podcasts where our brother Gaddafi shared how, you know, he had held back and before he knew it he had stage four cancer. It was mm-hmm. too late because he never went for that. So man, our guest uh is Ezra, a man again, to, like we say, it's yeah. not about us. It's never about us. Never. It's never about us. <laughs> no. Sometimes we get carried away, especially yeah. after not seeing you for a while. <laughs> uh, welcome back, welcome listeners, yeah. welcome um uh, our our friends, our followers, our loved ones. Mm. Uh we are back but today in studio we have a special guest. Yeah. You know we have a special guest and usually we we let the guests introduce themselves. Uh, but I'm gonna say one thing about the guest. Uh, this guy uh, has has seen it all. I I know him personally. I have lived with him. Uh, I have seen his journey, and so I'm excited for him to be here. So I don't want to butcher how because it's been a while. Can, go, can I say something? Please go ahead. You said he, you he li- you lived with him. Yeah. I, well, I apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> you have to endure that. <laughs> <laughs> you have no, no, no idea. Ahead. You <laughs> have no idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, without further ado, I think at this point, I just let the guest introduce himself, yes. tell us his name, where he's coming from, uh, uh, and um, just a couple of things. Tell us your name, uh, where you're born, where you're your based right now, and uh, what you're looking forward in our conversation today. Uh, don't say all the things that Ken has said about us no, living yeah, together. That, just, that's just, a whole podcast. That's another own, whole yeah. podcast. <laughs> all right, go take it. Yeah. Man, I'm still recovering from <laughs> living with us, right? <laughs> All these years. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, but on a serious note, I'm excited to be here with you guys on this uh, wonderful podcast, Amazing Truth. 
And uh, my name is Valmi and uh, Valmi Karamera. I'm originally from Rwanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved here when I was about uh, 16, 17. Moved to the US and then Canada and then back in the US. A typical immigrant story. Mm-hmm. And right now I live in Houston with my wife who have two amazing children. And uh, uh, I'm excited to join you uh, to join you guys in this um, in this studio. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. I have no idea what you ask, <laughs> so you know, we're just going to freestyle this All and right. see where it goes. All right, let's Thank do you. it. Let's do it. But welcome, Valmi. Um, you know, you know, Kenan. Yeah. Uh, just just let me say that um, it's not fair for how you introduced me to Valmi and how we lived together. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, he has an amazing family. He has two wonderful girls. And I think I helped him a lot too yeah, in yeah. those struggles yeah. of identity and finding himself <laughs> yeah. when we're living together. Yeah. But but excited to have you, Valmi, here in studio. Um, uh, today, as you had listeners, we're talking about purpose-driven life. Yeah. And I was reading a quote by Miles Monroe and this quote just hit me, Kenan. He said that, uh, and, and let me read this quote for, for those of us, uh, just a second here, Ken, and you see, I had I, I've, I've forgotten how we usually do this. See, this is why we should not take a long break. He says this, Miles Monroe says that the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but a life without a purpose. Yeah. Wow. You know, there's so many people who are alive today who they walk, they breathe, they eat, they're feeling the space, the spot, but there is no purpose in life. Actually, the Proverbs, in the, uh, in the book of Proverbs, the, the, uh, Solomon says, the wisest man who ever lived, he says, uh, 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 um, where there is no vision, people perish, right? So today we're just here to talk about, do you have a vision? Do you have a goal in life? You know, And, and Valmi, uh, uh, we're going to find if he has a vision or goal, but we're going to share through his story. So Valmi, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, you, you said you were born in, in Rwanda, uh, born Rwanda, moved here as a teenager to uh, the U.S., Canada, back and forth. Uh, just walk us through a little bit about that journey. What what brings you to the U.S.? How does that happen until you get here? So as we seek to find, uh, to find, to find who you are and your purpose in life. Well, I was born in this amazing country, Rwanda. Unfortunately, Rwanda is known as, um, you know, it's known because of the genocide, uh-huh. 1994 genocide against mm-hmm. the Tutsi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, other than that, Rwanda is an amazing country. It's called a, a country of a thousand hills yeah. for those who have been there. Mm-hmm. We, have some, we have an amazing culture, amazing people. Uh, and uh, I'm so glad that after these years, 27 years, you can see the journey, the progress mm-hmm. um, that the country has made. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the recovery, the healing that is going on, and and so. But prior to that, I was born in that context. My uh, my mother worked for an oil company uh, back then in the eighties, and my father uh, had gone through med school mm-hmm. and uh, was one of the uh, chief physician of a department at the at the leading hospital back then, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the hospital in Kigali, the capital city, and uh, so. You know, the war started in 1990 and then 1994, there was a genocide. And uh, uh, so through the genocide, I lost my family, my family members, my uncles, my immediate family, my parents, my mom. And uh, um, I think it was April 11 mm-hmm. that uh, my mother passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, and uh, and I, I, I just learned how that happened mm-hmm. uh, because I wasn't with her where she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she had been saving uh, some of our neighbors. So she went and warned some of our neighbors nice. and uh, warned them 
about, hey, you know, they are coming to kill you guys. And so my mother uh, left our house, left our, 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 our building, mm-hmm. uh, went to our neighbors, knocked on their gates, and she warned them. So they moved to the, uh, uh, next to us, uh, one of our neighbors was uh, a UN uh, residential compound. Mm-hmm. So she warned uh, several of our neighbors. And so they went to the UN compound. So they hid there for a number of days. And uh, through these days, she's going around knocking on uh, several of our neighbors and they all come to this compound. Mm-hmm. And on her, what I would call their last trip, when she stepped out of the UN compound, she met with the killers. You know, mm-hmm. we called them in her at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. She met, she she meets with them, and uh, that's that was her last. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so the some of the neighbors, some of who were our neighbors at the time, and uh, uh, so subsequently I spoke to them what happened, and uh, and uh, one of them is actually right now one of the daughters who we grew up with. She lives in Dallas, mm-hmm. and her parents were telling me the story oh. of what took place at the time. So that's the context I was born in, mm-hmm. and then eventually we had to leave Rwanda. We immigrated to the U.S. and then stayed uh, in Indiana, Indianapolis. So, so found me, found me before you go there. Sure. I, I think, I think there's a lot of gems uh, mm-hmm. and, and I call them gems in a, uh, in a, in a positive way because sure. I think there are lessons that have shaped you through mm-hmm. that. You, 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 your story is, the, if I heard you correctly, you're setting the tone saying that, you know, you were born in a well-to-do family. As in you, you, your mom was working, you're doing, she was doing well, your father was a physician, you know, you, where were you? You say you were not there. You learned about this whole so, story. So, um, so uh, my parents, yes, they were well to do. I mean, I think uh, uh, we we never st- we didn't we didn't go to bed hungry yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Uh, so what happened? My parents had managed to take me in and out of the country to study from different schools in the yeah. neighboring countries. Yes. and uh, I remember me and my, my mother. We had mo- we had gone through Tanzania, Kenya, and yeah. then eventually to Uganda. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, in January 1994, uh, I was with my mom. Mm-hmm. We were in, in Kampala, we were in Uganda. Mm-hmm. And then she left me there in a boarding school, mm-hmm. came back to Rwanda. And then we spoke like April 1st, and the war started on April 7th. Mm. And so we spoke on the phone, hey mom, when are you coming back? She say, look, uh, uh, there are some few things I need to mm-hmm. uh, clear out, get enough funds, mm-hmm. and then I'll come at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So I call her on the phone. I call her at home and say, hey mom, but when I called, the phones didn't go through. Mm. So at that time, the war had started. Wow. But I had been there till all the way up to 93, so I witnessed uh, one of my aunts Aunt, and you know just to just to go on a tangent here one of my aunt had gone to you know how do you go to you know like a taxi park yeah you know so she had called this taxi park she gets in the taxi park and there are these killers waiting for her oh, almost wow. and, and they tried to strangle her mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately eventually she she died because uh, uh i think she died of a stroke mm-hmm. as a result oh, of that strangling yeah um uh maybe a year after that mm-hmm. Uh, just before the genocide. So the whole thing about the genocide, I mean, it, it, it wasn't just something that happened right there and then. Mm-hmm. It's something that had been building up, mm-hmm. had been building up. So that's that's the context of wow. where I was, where my parents are, my aunt, my family members. And here's even what's interesting is uh, 
my grandma, who was about maybe 60s in her 60s at the time, uh, my aunt who lived in Indianapolis, had managed to snatch my grandma out mm. of the country just right before the genocide started. Wow. And I'm sure she would not have survived that wow. genocide. Wow. So it, you you see the hand of God, mm -hmm. you know, the amazing truth, you know, the amazing facts, the amazing yeah. God that we, that, that we really worship, mm -hmm. working and weaving himself through our lives. So, so Valmi, you, at this time, at this age, at this point you are you are a young boy yes so i mean as a young boy you probably haven't formed your your mind or made decisions but what what is going through your mind if you can recall like what was going through your mind now you know there's you've been to kenya uganda you've seen not near so perfect life but then you come to rwanda and there's a genocide people are dying what is going through your mind as a boy then i i think the first question i ask myself is about death mm. uh why do people die? Mm. And it wasn't even about killing people, but why do people die? Mm -hmm. I mean, so I started wrestling with the question of death, mm. you know, uh, because as a young boy, you're saying, okay, maybe I can walk through the streets and I'll meet my parents again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe they disappeared somewhere mm. and then they're going to come back. But then slowly, slowly you, you come to, to face with the reality that there is such a thing as death. Mm. And um, recently I was uh, reading, I just finished a, a book uh, called uh, Tuesdays with Molly, mm -hmm. a, a fascinating story of a student who was with a teacher. And then uh, anyway, the teacher was about to die and the teacher, now, the student reconnects with his teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, the student reconnects with his teacher and uh, now the teacher is telling the student how to live life. You mm. know, the student is still young in yeah. his 30s. The, the teacher is about, I think, 70s. He's dying of cancer and so he's telling him how should you live you know so wow. he say, he, to, he tells the student and I, I thought it was profound he said you know unless we learn how to face death mm. we can never learn how to live wow and wow. i thought that was profound nah, so, profound. so at, the, at wow. the young age i started wrestling wow. with the question of death you know, death, what does it mean to die? I mean, is this all there is to life? Mm. I mean, you go, you, you, you're born in an amazing family and then in one day, all these things are snatched away. Yeah. You're almost starting from scratch. Mm. Um, you know, let's say you go to a school, you, you, I mean, no matter what your, accomplishment, uh, your accomplishments are, mm. but then there is a question of death. death. Man, <clears throat> Kenan, yeah. um, a lot of things going through my mind right now as I'm listening to these. Um, Valmi, as a teenager, January 1st, around January, you go to school. You know, that's the last time you see your mom. Yeah, that's the last time we talk. That's the last time you talk yeah. to your mom. Yeah. You know, three months, you're thinking you're going to come back home. You know, life yeah. will continue. But April 1st, you make that call. It's not going through. Right. And and, and that becomes a new life. Yeah. You almost wake up to a new world. And right. now you're, con you, you know, you're, you're, your thoughts, you're, you're still, re you, you start wrestling. And, right. and, uh, as, as a young person, I want you to pause here for a second and talk to a young person who's in the teenage world life, who's probably going through a crisis. Just take yourself back into those days. Right. Uh, what would you advise the younger self of you? And, and we'll build on the story, but I'm just, I don't want to miss that moment that you're still young and, and you know, Anchorage and dealing with these issues because that's the reality of life right now. Right. You know? I, I think uh, uh, the, the, to a young person, for me, what I faced then was the question of, um, it was just survival. Mm -hmm. uh, survival, basic needs, mm -hmm. food, shelter, and uh, any parental care or guidance. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because there were many kids who were being, uh, I mean, at one time I almost joined the military. Mm-hmm. You know, I went in the, in the camp and then I, had a, I, had to, I happened to have an uncle who was a captain in the military and he said, no, no, military is not the track for you. Mm. You know, so, so you are, you, you're now looking for a guidance in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so someone may be struggling, a young person may be struggling, whether it's addiction, whether, whether it's a purpose in life, whatever you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. But I, I just want to say it's not the end of life. Mm-hmm. They just have to be some sort of a, a perseverance. Mm-hmm. Just hang on, mm-hmm. hang on, uh, because it gets better. So, so I, I, I think you, what you're saying is you have to, at some point in your struggle, pause and say, "This is not me." Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, however difficult it is, you have to define and say, "This is not me." This exactly. Death, poverty, mental health, whatever it is, it does not. It shouldn't define, define you. It sh- exactly. It shouldn't define you. I mean, because at that point, I, you know, I was the only child mm-hmm. and this was their whole, this, my parents, my family was, was, was the whole world to me. Mm-hmm. And certainly, it, you know, it, 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 the world turns upside down for me. Yeah. And I think there is, it, it develops, if you hang on, you develop this tough skin, mm-hmm. you know, so whether you're going through a mental, uh, whatever issue you may be going through right now, whether it's a divorce or whatever it is, but, but uh, uh, holding on mm-hmm. and understanding that, look, if, if I hold on tonight, mm-hmm. the sun will be up tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 and I think, and at that time, because my, my family never even got, got uh, attended church, mm. you know. In fact, we were Catholic at the time. So, so, so let me ask this question. Let's, let's, let's bring it back, uh, Valmi. How does life proceed for you now that, you know, you're calling, nobody's answering the call, mm-hmm. you're in school, school closes. How do you end up in Indiana? And so, your grandma, and how do you reconnect? So, so th- th- this is how uh, you, you, you come to understand that in life, it is important to always do good, mm-hmm. to be kind. Mm-hmm. No matter where it went, because, and I learned this, even though my father never went to church, but he was very kind. Mm-hmm. He always helped a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people he treated for free, some people he paid for ed- ed- education and so forth. So right there in Uganda, mm-hmm. uh, we meet this gentleman who happens to know my dad. He pays my entire tuition. Oh, wow. Yeah, he pays my entire tuition. Then we return back to Rwanda. So uh, my aunt was married to this gentleman. Uh, he's now one of, um, um, he's, he's now an accomplished pharmaceutical scientist. Um, and even though he was of a different tribe mm-hmm. in Rwanda, my dad had uh, uh, wrote a medical clearance for him mm-hmm. to go study overseas. Mm-hmm. And so this gentleman looks at, hey, your dad was very kind to me. Mm-hmm. Your dad, even though I was of a different tribe, yes, I had married into your family, but he, he saw... Uh, he's so beyond my exterior uh, physical features. He's yeah. so beyond what I would call today, uh, beyond my skin color. Mm. And, uh, and then he wrote me this medical clearance that enabled me to come here and progress all the way to a PhD in math. Mm. You know? So he said, you know, when I heard what happened, I had to immediately also reach out extend mm-hmm. the same kindness that your dad extended to me. Mm-hmm. So it, from there on, he just taught me, you know, whoever you meet, just be kind. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not have much, mm-hmm. but whatever you have, if you share, you never know how that thing is going to turn yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So the gentleman helps you and you relocate to the U.S.? 
Yes. How do you reconnect with your grandma? So actually, I came with my grandma. So here oh. I am, uh, you know, a, a teenager. So, so your grandma was in Rwanda, uh, Uganda too? So no, my grandma was in the US in 94. Okay. And then uh, after the genocide, she comes back to Rwanda mm-hmm. and she's looking for me. Hey, I have a grandson. Where is my grandson? Mm. And she finds me. Actually, she passed through Uganda. And where were you? Where were you? So I'm in, I'm in, uh, in 95. I'm in Uganda. And okay. uh, uh, where? At my, uh, it was my aunt. So my mom had left okay. me at my aunt's house. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so my grandma passes through Uganda, mm-hmm. checks on me, pro- uh, proceeds to Rwanda. And then after maybe a few months, I also rejoin her in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Rwanda. And, uh, and, and then, so I, now I'm at a point where I'm going to uh, high school mm-hmm. and I do national exams. So I start high school. Then I think after three years, that's when we immigrated. You know, Kenan, as I'm listening to this story, I'm just thinking about the emotions. I'm thinking about uh, as a young person losing your world. Child. You know, a child, the only child. You you know, you. the last time you spoke to your mom was when she dropped you off and, and the rest is, is history. Right. And then what that does to someone, it doesn't matter how old you are, yeah, but what that does to someone. That's trauma. You know, that, that's trauma that's, yeah. you know... Um, I mean, everything, everything. Yeah. So, uh, Valmi, how did this affect your life in terms of, of character, in terms of decision-making, mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, defining who you've become today? What do you think this played before we come back yeah. to the story and build right. on it? And, and, and if you can break it, like, in, in stages, like yeah. when you are under 10, as you can, if, however you can. <laughs> I, I think the first thing, of course, I, I, I shared with you uh, is you... you, you ask yourself what is this about death mm-hmm. you know uh, but as you start to grow as you start to interact with, again to re-engage the world because the first reaction is to withdraw mm-hmm. you know and i think that's where really it became more uh introvert mm-hmm. you know you withdraw with yourself and so you are you're wrestling with these questions so you're no longer wrestling with a question of material thing mm-hmm. your question with you're asking yourself uh, existential questions mm-hmm. you know life what is life mm-hmm. what does it mean to live mm-hmm. if in a moment everything can be snatched away mm-hmm. what does it mean to live so i think uh, mentally and uh, emotionally uh, personally so i'm going through these fast changes mm-hmm. uh, and i become more reflective mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, uh, I'm developing this resilience. I'm developing this 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 uh, t- what I would call a tough skin. Mm-hmm. You know that no matter how life throws me, I must you know mm-hmm. I must land like a yeah. cart. Yeah, you right. know I must mm-hmm. land on my feet. Mm-hmm. So I think in those early stages, um, what, what 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 ended up developing me is the is the the ability not the ability but the uh, I'm trying to find the right word mm-hmm. but. Uh, it, you have to stand up no matter what. Mm-hmm. You, you, you just, in your mind, you just got to stand, you got to push through. Uh-huh. You know, you got to push through. And also, I think the element of playing sport, sports, because uh-huh. I played sports a lot. And uh, so I learned that, you know, we may be on a losing side, uh-huh. but until the last whistle, until the death calls you, yeah. you must you must try to score oh, a goal. Man. Oh, you know, man. so those analogies all came came in play. You know, until the last whistle, until you're called to the grave, you know, you might, as long as you're on your feet, you must keep pushing ahead. Right. And, and so I think those elements began to develop. But you see, what I came to realize, you also lose something. Mm. You or you may lose, let's say, um, uh, you may lose uh, ability to communicate well. Mm. You may lose, because you're wrestling with something else. Your mind is, you, you are no longer developing at the same 
pace mm-hmm. like someone else who have both parents who's going to, whose necessities are covered yeah right now you you are hustling <laughs> you are you are wrestling with how do i survive today uh-huh not even tomorrow but today Wow. You, you know I'm laughing cuz hustling is a very common term between Valmi and I <laughs> and I thought I was hustling but this guy is a expert in hustling <laughs> that's a story for another day but 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 uh, I'm 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 processing all this you know I, I don't want to say this saying cuz it's the one that makes us laugh Valmi has a saying that you know no matter <laughs> <laughs> it's in Kenya Rwanda but it's a saying it's there right it's a real saying sure, sure. What, what, so can you share are you, are you, you i mean you you're free to share this is your podcast i'm just a guest i'm just a guest he's absorbing laying the blame on you the consequences no, no. and just just to be honest with you and and i think this this is a perfect moment you know i think it's a time that i was going through something in my life yeah. mm-hmm, right very true, and very i called valmi like i was very low like i was just like man i don't know if i'm going to you know i just you know and 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 i listen to valmi's story and i know him and i'm looking at myself i'm like what what i need to get up but so i call him and i was like i'm you know venting i'm talking to him and he tells me listen Ezra there's a saying in Kenya Rwanda that says that no matter how hard a man falls his 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 balls will never touch the ground <laughs> you know <laughs> in that moment i was like what you know i had to laugh about it but it's true though that's true it's true <laughs> so no matter how hard you fall man that's uh, it you know uh, that's it. every I mean, yeah, man will understand that there concept. is a part of you no matter how hard you fall there's yeah. a part of you that's not touched yes. yes and that is your essence yeah exactly and that's that's who that's what should keep right that's why you're a right. social worker you're you making look professional I, 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 I had to clean up this. <laughs> that but that's true your essence of who you are is not touched yes. yeah you know, and, and and really to to add on that and you, want, you know one of my favorite writers says you know uh we should not we should not we should never let circumstances define us mm. but rather uh, we should define these circumstances we should use these circumstances as stepping stone mm-hmm. to something else it may not be material but you come out uh, uh, better a mm-hmm. better person yeah. character wise yeah. you know uh, so i i want our hearers to understand that i'm not talking about you know if you come out uh, and you you come out scratched no matter what yeah. something yeah. will be but mm-hmm. come out a better person yeah. you know um so yeah. so 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 valmi going back to these concepts that you're building i want to come now you've moved to indiana and how life settles in there but but in these early formative stages that we define would you call these your defining moment of life like this is what you what, what would you def, what, what was the defining moment at this stage that we've shared of your life i think uh, when i look at my life i have three stages uh, when i reflect on my life that i think this is the first this is the first one this so the, the first, first one is losing your parents losing everything is the defining moment of phase one anybody anybody when you lose uh your parents mm-hmm. or even a parent mm-hmm. uh it becomes defining because no uh, no matter no matter where especially if you're in those formative years mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that event is going to shape you yeah one way or another awesome there's a question here before we take mm. take you answer this when you get back <clears throat> sit down and this is uh, you know your name is valmi mm-hmm. right and you're you're given that name at birth mm-hmm. so 
why do you think your parents named you that? And if yeah. you had to rename yourself, what would, what would you do? You but hold that thought. Let's sure. take a break. Sure. We'll come back. We'll come okay. back. Um, listeners, listeners, uh, welcome back again if you're joining us. Season 3, Fresh Out of the Kitchen, Amazing Truth Podcast. But one thing that we want to let you know that we have grown from Amazing Truth Podcast to Amazing Truth Ministries. Yes. Right? Uh, we, we have a desire to do more than just podcasting. So there are more things cooking, more things mm. coming. Uh, we've recently been engaged and involved in, you know, doing some town hall talks on serious issues that are going on. We are talking about creating safe space for for people to share their experiences where they are uh, and so uh, uh, we are creating a space a place for you so stay tuned in season three as we keep on building uh, uh, this is the one piece of amazing truth ministries one of it is the amazing, amazing truth, truth podcast yeah so thank you guys welcome back hey let's 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 stay together as always we love you we miss you give us your feedback the amazing truth podcast real issues real talk so yeah, we ended on that question, Valmi. Mm-hmm. So your name. So um I think from what I heard mm-hmm. uh is that uh, I was named after one of my co one of my parents' co-workers mm-hmm. who they had developed a good friendship mm-hmm. and relationship with. And uh I will not change my name. Mm-hmm. And for the reason I think my name is unique. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. uh it, and I think that makes me unique. Yeah, you know? that's, that's so. just a segment for uh, for the listeners to yeah. to kind of get a picture of who you sure. are. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think there's something that you said about that. That is, is you know, a name gives you identity, identity yeah. right? You know, when you walk out there and someone says Valmi, I won't turn because that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. It right. gives you the identity, mm-hmm. and, and and there are people who, because of experiences they've gone through. Maybe they don't like resonating with that name. They give yeah. themselves, maybe they refer themselves with a nickname and stuff. But the, Met, the key point to take away. Meta world peace. I'm a crazy man. But, right. but, but, but yeah. I think, uh, just, just let me go a little bit off tangent here. You know, a name, it's, it's a definition of who you are. It's, it's character. It's, you know, when you say Isaac, Isaac means laughter, someone who likes life. And, you sure. know, when you talk about Emmanuel, you know, Emmanuel technically means God with us. When you think Abraham to Abraham, you know, father of nations, because that's who he was. This was not just a name. Oh, you're cute. Let me give you a name. Right. But it's actually who the person is. So right. finding meaning in your name is something that it's a good place to start holding your ground when you're going through a crisis. Mm-hmm. First of all, finding, Kenan, what What's your name? What does your name mean? My name is Kenan. You know what it means? Uh, what does it, it means? Mean? An owner. An owner. Yes. You own it's this. in the Bible. It's you, first, uh, first Chronicles 1. Okay. okay. Yeah. I see you're a good student. <laughs> so, uh, so at least what it gives no, you, you know, it gives, it gives yeah. that. My name is Ezra. It's a Hebrew name which means Esdras. And Esdras means helper, someone who helps out. Yeah. So the first place to start finding yourself is, your is knowing your name. Why were you given your name? Because if you don't define yourself, 
somebody else will define you. So, so yes. right. quick, quick uh, side note. <laughs> so what, 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 what is someone? Said. Someone called Judas. <laughs> <laughs> No, you see how your thought is thinking. <laughs> Anyhow, let's, let's get back let's to Val. Let's get back to Val. Let's yeah. get back to Val. But that's so, true, though. But that, that's so Val, you relocate. You come. You go to Rwanda. You get. You reconnect with your grandma. You come to Indiana. How is life now in this new country? I'm sure there's culture shock. There's you know readjusting. How is that? How is that for you? I mean, from uh, you know, I was recently reading that uh, uh, you know nowadays with the pandemic, uh, with the COVID nineteen, everybody knows what Zoom is. If yeah. you don't know what Zoom is, you're probably <laughs> living somewhere in the in the Amazon, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but uh, recently, I was reading that the founder of um, uh, Zoom uh, applied for the U.S. visa eight times wow. and he was denied. Mm. You know, talk about resilience. Right. Talk about uh, persistence. Mm-hmm. But he never gave up. Yeah. And on the ninth time, he got it, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, he, then he came. Mm-hmm. So he's here now. Look how he has changed the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, ca- I think the there is there is something. Uh, you know, I don't want to get political, mm-hmm. but I think there is there's something uh, the the uh, that is the uniqueness of America, mm-hmm. the uniqueness of U.S. There is a reason why is a mel- the U.S. is a melting pot for yeah. many nations. Okay. And I think that is found in it, and it's it's embedded in the U.S. Constitution, mm-hmm. and that that U.S. Constitution, you know, has a reflection of Christian ideals. Yes. You know, this is amazing truth podcast, and, yeah. you know, shared from a biblical perspective. And so I think those ideals uh, that emanate from uh, from Scripture, from the Bible, uh, is what has enabled the U.S. to be what it is as uh-huh. a nation. You know. So how how does it how did it practically play out for you in in now did, did how uh, what how old were you when you came to Indiana what stage of life were you in So I'm still a teenager this You're still point. a teenager uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not saying that those uh, those ideals I- immediately impacted me I'm yeah. talking about the desire for so many people in the world to yeah. immigrate to the US yeah. it, it, what does the US provide that is For example why are not many people in Russia or China today yeah. you know okay. so I, that's why I say I don't want right. to get into politics yeah. but the, the platform that the US provides that all of us you know you can uh, pursue something like podcasts like this uh-huh. and who knows freedom of speech and yeah. stuff like that so then you know, let, me, let, me, you, again, yeah. let me ask you why did you leave India <laughs> It's not our podcast. Okay, I'm reinforcing his point. No, for sure though, it's it's opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and the, uh, my question to you was gonna be, but for me, I think I had heard about America. I have had people here, and the opportunity that it presented, mm-hmm. I had to come mm-hmm. right. so I can pursue those opportunities. Right. At, by that time, they, and they've changed over the years, yeah, but right. there's a reason for that opportunity. But Vami, I want to ask you now because you are in Uganda, right? Yeah, or, yeah, in Africa. Did you know about that? Do you know about America and the opportunities it presented? That and did that push you to want to come here? So I had several relatives, and like I said, my grandma also was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, uh, you know, they had come and spied on the land, and they found the, <laughs> the, 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 the you know the, 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 there's there's opportunities like yeah. what you have described. Yeah. And uh, those endless opportunities, and say, okay, this may be the chance. And at this point, Valmi, your aunt, your relative, your grandma—they are kind of making decisions, for you, kind, yeah. f- kind of for you. Right. They're influencing your decision making because now they, they're your guardians, mm-hmm. right? You, you are never lived with your aunt. I want to presume was Indiana, so you transition. You're living with a new aunt. How do you make 
the transition from the US to Canada? What what causes okay. that? Because you know you've moved from Uganda to Rwanda to US now Canada. How does that happen? So I'm uh, I'm uh, again I'm in my teens. I, at this point, I I, I think. Um, the the powers that be my aunts my grandma and uh my aunt's husband uh they looked at the situation okay my grandma is in her uh, 60s mm-hmm. and then um there's a need to apply for papers there's a need for so uh, uh the 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 proposal was uh if you go to canada you can fast track your papers okay and then uh there's also uh the uh, universal healthcare for grandma and all that it will be even though i think they were well to do then uh yeah, i mean extremely well to do at the time but i think they looked at it from the uh, point of view that this will fast track the paperwork this will uh, uh there'll be the the healthcare access a typical immigrant story you yeah. know uh, yeah. where can i make my move fast yeah. right. you know the, what's the fastest track mm-hmm. you know so i mean you meet some people who are well versed in the systems mm-hmm. you know and they can show you pointers you things you didn't know mm-hmm. and uh, you'll be amazed how life turns out Go so on. then how how does this now um form you mm-hmm. are you you're here you've seen the land you know you've all these things now as 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 a man at that time what how does that define you yeah well, what are the morals yeah see i'm 17 at that time okay so i think I, so i moved from these from this you got to push through not to being responsible mm-hmm. at 17 i'm taking care of my grandmother mm-hmm. you know 17 18 19 i'm mm-hmm. responsible for my grandma i'm taking my grandma to different uh, uh you know uh um uh doctor appointments mm-hmm. and all that i'm translating so i'm i'm uh, and I'm at the same time i'm going to school i'm mm-hmm. in high school mm-hmm. you know so that's why i say at some point uh you may lose something here mm-hmm. you know you have different responsibilities my my if my job title was not just go to school come back home do your homework mm-hmm. you know i had to make sure we got the groceries i had to make sure rent is paid so now i'm moving into an era where i have to be responsible mm-hmm. uh, not only for me my school but also for my grandmother yeah. make sure she's well taken care of yeah and i think it, it's important to know that because where you're coming from in africa at mm-hmm. 17 you're still in your parents house mm-hmm. you don't have this there's the sense of responsibility mm-hmm. right. is not providing for your family your right. responsibility is how where you're going to sit right. next or who were you going to hang out with right. So that changes your perspective of what a 17 year old should yeah. do okay yes no. so, so so let me ask this <clears throat> we're looking at 17 year olds in this generation mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of teenagers who are struggling to identify and find themselves mm-hmm. what, what 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 how can we help them shape their identity of knowing themselves do you think that these experiences forced you to, do they need to have similar experiences mm. uh, uh, do they need to go through such uh, uh, extreme circumstances because uh, 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 you know in this country they say that somebody uh, has name uh, said that you know you keep on calling these people young people you call them children but if they go to the army they are responsible adults yeah. when you turn 18 you can be legally you know charged because you're an adult so how how can we wh- what do you see as a challenge with the teenagers of this era when you think the struggles and things i don't know if i'm getting that no, yeah, question that's right, right. Yep. Yep. i mean uh, uh, no question uh, no no question about it there is uh, there is um uh, 
teenagers today are providers so much. Mm-hmm. You know, as a teenager, a standard teenager, you have a phone, mm-hmm. you have access to knowledge uh-huh. that you, uh, few teenagers are tapping into, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, there is our, our culture is entertainment-driven culture. Uh-huh. So there is a competition, mm-hmm. you know, defining who I am, mm-hmm. who I am versus, hey, what if I just get infinitely entertained, yeah. you know? Uh, in fact, I was looking the other day, um, do you know what, how much Netflix is worth today? No. In no. the billions and billions, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't have the, the, the exact number with me. But look at the uh, one, I think I forgot the name of it, but it's an, an educational uh, platform mm-hmm. that you can access knowledge classes on it. You know how much it's worth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a few million dollars. So, so, so that tells you our priorities. Mm-hmm. Our priorities as a culture here mm-hmm. is, is entertainment driven. Uh-huh. Entertain me, entertain me until I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I see it with a, a lot of young people is... Um, you know, after exhausting the uh, social social media platforms, and then next is you are on a Netflix. That's where the term Netflix and chill yeah, comes. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I think the danger mm-hmm. that young people are facing is um, is entertainment. Mm-hmm. So you have to make a choice. Is it entertainment or decision making? Because entertainment is a is a part of yeah. life, right. right? So, so is it that they're not able to differentiate and say, "I have had enough of this today," right. so you know this is how much I can take in, you know, per day. The ability of making those decisions to know that because the extreme is you take that away, it's it's. I don't think phones are bad. I think how you use the phones is yes. what is bad. So it's a, yes, it's a deci- the decision making, mm-hmm. but um, at the same time you have to, to to realize if you don't have anything that is occupying you, if you are idle, uh-huh. the, the greatest danger actually even beyond entertainment is idleness. Yes, you have so much time that you don't know what to use it for. Uh-huh. So when you have so much time, even as a grown up man, I mean, you have forty year olds who are still living with their parents. You know, forty five. Mm-hmm. They they they're sitting in front of uh, video uh, games. Video games all day, twelve hours. Mm-hmm. So if if you the danger we face is idleness. If you are so idle that you don't have to, you don't know what to use your time for, uh-huh. then you're going to resort to entertainment. Hey, let me use this time to entertain me. So yes, there is a question of decision, but you, I think there has to be uh, a person who's listening to us, whether you're uh, seventeen like I was uh-huh. or you are forty. Um, you have to make a decision. How do I use my time now? Mm-hmm. But, but then a challenge I'll ask is then: Is it do do they need to have someone that guides them or because you made your decision maybe your grandma influenced you to make that decision or not but do they need to have someone of a figure that helps them make the right decisions yeah all of us whether you are 10 or 60 it's good to have mentors you know in fact there is a book i think by ferris a tribe of mentors you know you need to have mentors uh, all along your life and I, those are crucial but a mentor will not make a decision for you yeah, yeah. they can advise they can guide but it, it's going to be up to me it's going to be up to you to step up and say hey instead of sitting in front of this tv all day let me get up and go get a job you know so find something that will make you responsible and actually there there is there is joy there is meaning in work when we find work, something to do. I, at the time when I was 17, my job, yes, was I had school, but also taking care of my grandmother. What I realized it taught me, taught me patience because I'm a 17 year old. Uh-huh. I have all these, yeah. you know, my friends are going partying. Uh-huh. I want to go partying too. Yeah. You yeah. know, my friends are going to do X, Y, and Z. I want to go too, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time I have, 
to take care of my grandma. So I think that became an educational moment for me that it had to teach me patience, to wow. be patient at that time. So what I'm hearing is that though you lost your parents, though you lost what considerably everything you had, it seems to have played a major role in shaping how you make your decision. Right. It, 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 mm -hmm. Like those circumstances became like a moral guiding, you know, uh, pillars of your life. Right. Versus here today, you know, you have your parents, sometimes they themselves are lost maybe because they're immigrants, they're trying to settle in a foreign, foreign country or different values. But, but not everyone who's going through a crisis, when life gives you lemon, you know, squeeze them and make lemonade out of it. Right. Like, like that helped you to, you know, figure out how to make decisions, to plan yourself, to be responsible at the stage and the age of, of 17. Right. Versus someone else will take that moment and be depressed and be, you know, mentally, you know, whatever it is. And I'm not saying that people are different, but the moral of what I'm hearing is that these experiences you underwent helped shape how you as a, your teenage life to be more responsible sure. in that. Now, I want to use an analogy here. Valmi, I know you, 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 you are very familiar if with If I can make something quick, I want to make this comment. Um, uh, this, this gentleman, he uh, advises so many people. He's uh, uh, on Twitter, Shane Parrish. Mm. Uh, he, he made this uh, comment and he said, you know, if a decision is, is a, a lifetime decision, mm -hmm. take as much time mm. as possible to make that decision. Mm -hmm. But if a decision is just, you know, has no consequence has uh it's almost immaterial you know you can make it in a snap yeah you know but if a decision let's say for example you're choosing a career uh -huh. you know you are a teenager you yeah. are you are on the cusp of going to college you know take enough time to make that decision if you're on the cusp of uh you know on a getting threshold married of getting married yeah. you know take as much time because that decision will influence you long and the reason i say that i've had friends who say i'm slow at making decisions they tell you you're slow at making decisions they are yeah, they're telling me I'm, they're telling I'm a slow at making decisions. Okay. Oh. And I came to realize my slowness is not slow because I realized from early on that every decision have consequences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I talked about going to the military. Yeah. You know, I talked about, you know, you here, I'm a teenager, I've lost everything. Where do I go? Uh -huh. who, who, who do I associate with? Uh -huh. And then you start learning how to read people. Is uh -huh. this person genuine or uh -huh. not? Mm -hmm. You know, or do I entertain them, but know how to treat them? So you start evaluating all those. So I come to realize that uh, no matter what your decision-making process, uh -huh. understand this, that there are decisions that are life, have lifetime consequence uh -huh. for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Like having a child uh -huh. is the rest of your life. So think hard. It's not part-time. It's not part-time. Mm -hmm. Think hard about such a decisions. You but, know? but now, now Vami, if I can go with what you're saying, that is, you know, let's say, making a uh, uh, having a child, that then goes to your sexual life, mm -hmm. right? Because... That's where a child is made. Mm -hmm. So the decision begins, should I even engage in this act with this person? Do I see myself with them? Is it right? Can I take care of the, the consequence whenever it comes at the end of it? What kind of father or mother will I be? Like, like that decision is not just, I'm going to have a good time right now, right. but processing it all and taking time to do that. And, and that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, if you understand that this act I'm about to engage in has a potential to impact me for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, then you're not going to rush for enjoy five minutes, mm -hmm. 10 minutes. You know, you're going to step back and say, whoa, I better, why? Yeah. I don't want to enjoy 10 minutes and suffer for the rest, the rest of, of my, my life. life. Yeah. Wow. Man. 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 
Genau. So then you are, I mean, we have almost, we are build, we're building onto this. We're, we're building, building onto this. So we're building you're 17, this. your school, you're working, you're taking care of your grandma. Sure. What's the next step? What go? What comes? So you, you get to Canada. So how does that? So I'm in Canada, and this is where uh, perhaps the name of your podcast comes in uh-huh. play. Mm-hmm. You know, amazing truths. And so all along, I have wrestled with the question: death, existence. You know, why? What's the purpose? You know, uh, I'm just getting up, and you know, routine. That's why it's good to have routines because even when you lose purpose in life, mm-hmm. when you lose like a sense of existence, when you have routines, they keep moving you. You know, it's like going to the gym or exercising. You yeah. know, nowadays I. I I run, you know, I run marathons and that kind of stuff. But there are times, <laughs> there, are t- there, are t- there are times I wake up and, and you, uh, know, you, know, you know, you know, on a rabbit in no <laughs> we, we run, but we run in our minds. <laughs> All right, so routine. Uh-huh. So routine. So there are times you get up, I mean, literally you are struggling. Mm-hmm. Do I go for a run mm-hmm. or not? Mm-hmm. And you're just probably going for a two mile run. Uh-huh. Do I go or not? Just two. Just two miles. Just two, <laughs> just two miles. Yeah. Just I mean, begin simple, and that's the thing. You don't have to begin with a half a marathon. You just yeah. begin with a mile or two miles. Uh-huh. And so I, uh, so you wrestle with that. But because you build the routine, you say, even if I don't feel like it, even if I don't want it, but let me just begin with at least maybe a quarter mile. And by the time you hit a quarter mile. You know, your adrenaline is kicking in. You, 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 you're just like, you're just starting. So it's good to have a routines because when those moments come that you don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. So how does routine play in your role in Canada now? So uh, I'm, I'm about my responsibility, taking care of my grandma, going to school and all that. And then uh, um, one of, uh, uh, a couple of friends introduced me to the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm about seven, 18 now. So be- before you jump that, yeah. how's your life in terms of um, social life, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, yourself at these, these stage 17 friends are going partying? Are you engaging in that? Are you, you know, how are you socializing? I have no friends. You have no friends? I have no, what I call, genuine friends because i'm 17 i go to school i come home make sure we have food we're eating i have to do my homework and go to sleep next day i have to get up Mm -hmm. routine Mm -hmm. you know so it's hard to develop friendship and also remember it's a new culture a new language um so many things new Uh you know and and i have to catch a bus Mm -hmm. and don't don't play you think uh here we're in minnesota for our audience Uh um uh, you know, you think Minnesota uh, winter is cold. Try Can- Canadian winter, you know, and you have to get up and take a bus. You know, this is one of the reasons in college I hated, uh, um, I hated uh, uh, genetics because my labs were at 6 p.m. <laughs> in the winter, in January, February, March. 6 a.m.? 6 p.m., sorry. 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And after our lab didn't end until 10 p.m. Okay. And I have to go and catch a bus Oh, I dreaded that. So I ended up actually hating the subject, not because I hated the subject, but just the logistics of me mm-hmm. going to take the class. But, but even that's the, a part it, of it, even that I'll applause you, still keeping at it and going. Yeah. I know a lot of people, yeah. I mean, I don't know if myself, I, I can't even speak for Kenan on this. I don't know if we'll go. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, that's, no, that's true. <laughs> I'm probably not making yeah, it. Yeah. But I think you see all these things, resilience that you've built yes. in your life. Yes. It's still showing up even in small things small yeah. of yeah. your life. So yeah, so you're in Canada, you have no friends. So do yeah. routine. Uh-huh. So I have no friends, and and I came to realize um, now that as I look back, mm-hmm. that as I look back, that um, 
I started gravitating to older people uh-huh. because I was seeking counsel. So mm-hmm. I've always sought out guidance. Mm-hmm. So from that age, when I lost everything, I realized I can uh, I can use the help of older people. Mm. Uh, older people doesn't mean, let's say, like 60s. I mean, anybody older than yeah. me who may have a little bit more life experience. Mm-hmm. So anyone who knows me, I will actively seek out guidance or information or anything. Mm-hmm. So unashamedly, mm-hmm. I will ask, hey, how do you do this? What is this? What is this? You know, and so I started gravitating and some of these people coalesced around me and started sharing their perspective on life. Mm. And that started, and that I would call it the, probably the second most defining moment, moment in my life. life. Yeah. And, and I, I want to push on this because oh, I know sure. I know there's people who have really played key role. Like right. like you know you lost your grandma at some point, you yes. got adopted. That's your story. We'll come to that. But 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 that, that just just being adopted again, and, right. and you know growing through that. Uh, uh, but but you're in Canada. You're taking care of your grandma. You're you're going through life decisions right now. You're in college. Sounds like you eventually get to mm-hmm. college. You're eighteen. Or you're eighteen or. 19 mm-hmm. around that um um in college did you party did you get friends there did you where is your grandma in, are you living on campus or you're just off campus huh? so uh i finished high school and my uh, i had uh, i had uh, an agreement with my aunt in back in indiana that I, i'll finish high school and then i'll apply uh, uh, to uh, Wayne State, which is in a close Detroit. Yeah. Uh, I had some uh, some misunderstanding, I, I guess a major misunderstanding with my aunt. So for me to come back, I needed somebody to just sponsor me, you yeah. know, sponsor yeah. you. Mm-hmm. But in, in Canada and the US had this understanding that um, you can... Uh, you can get, uh, uh, you can still pay like a, a Canadian, yeah. you know, and you still get uh, the Canadian uh, student Great, loans. Yeah. But then we have this misunderstanding and then I don't get the letter. Mm. Uh, at this point, so that becomes a crushing moment mm. for me because uh, I had always uh, wanted to go through med school like my dad, emulate mm. my dad's mm. footsteps. Mm-hmm. And this was going to get me in a pre-med program uh-huh. at Wayne State. Mm. So that doesn't happen. Okay, let's, I think it's a I think let's pause things. here. Let's yeah. finish here. So then you have this, let's just build a meat on it. So you've, sure. you're, you're a young boy. Mm-hmm. In Rwanda, you witness the genocide, you lose your parents, you go to Uganda, your grandma comes and picks you up, brings you to Canada, you go through the motions and your age, this everything is looking up, you're responsible, you're forming your life decisions, and then you have this desire now to go to med school, emulate yeah. your dad. We're going to build on that. Yeah. Emulate your dad and then there's a crushing moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it's good we end. I think let's 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 just say that this is part one, gentlemen, yes. ladies and gentlemen, because we're building on this story. Part two, we're going to be talking more to you. How has yeah. these all these experience shaped Valmi's principles in life? How he makes decisions and and you know advice to anyone who's struggling, who's going through a crisis in their life, to know that it is not the end. Remember, as we said in this podcast, no matter how hard you fall, <laughs> you, yes, you know, your essence is your not essence lost. <laughs> is not <laughs> lost. <laughs> All right, thank you. That is amazing to podcast. Before you conclude, I think we want to just do a, a, a disclaimer that we are in no means glorifying Valmi yes. or what he's done. Uh-huh. We're just painting a picture of what life is uh-huh. and how you can get back and get on and push on. Yeah. Yes. We don't want pride to get in. Mm-hmm. We pray that God gives us the the humility yes. to inspire yeah. someone. Yes. And, and and understand that you are lovable, yeah. important and valuable. The reason why you're alive today is because you have a purpose in life. Yep. Purpose to find your purpose in life so that you can live it 
to the fullest. That is Amazing Truth Podcast Season one, Season 3, Episode 1. This is how we close it. Tune, tune in next week as we go to part two of Valmy's story through thick and thin, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Thank right. you. That is it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth Podcast. We hope you were blessed as you listened. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. God bless you and see you on the next one.